Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. You just trust. Believe. <laughs> Some years ago, my mother was the caretaker of a museum and an old theater in a small college town. The museum was beneath a large tabernacle or church that was renovated into a venue for performances such as choirs and orchestras. The theater was across the street. I can't recall exactly which year the theater was created, but I believe it was erected around 1915 to 1920, so it had plenty of time to attract spirits, and the such. Like many people, I do believe in the supernatural, although I always try to take any experiences with a grain of salt. But the things that happened in this theater, museum, and church were quite unexplainable, and I can't possibly see any other explanation besides something paranormal. Some of the stories I will recall here aren't my own, but rather either my mother's or her employees, so again, the truthfulness of each encounter could vary. I'll begin with my own experience. I spent many summer days helping my mother complete tasks around the museum. I was in my early teens at the time. These tasks could often include wiping down displays, helping relay messages to other employees if they were there at the time, and nothing else too special. Most of my experiences were very mild like that sixth sense feeling, or seeing something out of the corner of your eye. But of course, those could be chalked up to an overactive imagination. The experience that really stapled in for me was the touch on my back. One summer evening, I was wiping off a display when I felt a very firm touch to my mid-back. Of course, I assumed that it was my mother and turned around to ask her what she needed. But lo and behold, no one was there. Even that, it's something so mild that could have just been my imagination, but I do believe it was something more. But, on to my mother's experience, like I stated earlier, the museum was beneath a tabernacle. Beneath the hard wooden stage. Many, many times, she and others heard footsteps walking along the stage. This again could be credited to the building settling or something of the sort, but the thing that I find quite interesting is that each person recalled three very distinct sets of footsteps. My mom described it as a family. It was often heard as someone with boots, a woman with heels, and then a playful pitter-patter of a child's feet. Who knows if these were ghosts or not, but I like to believe. The next of my mother's experiences was much more intense. A donation was made to the museum, and my apologies that my memory is a bit hazy, I don't recall where it was donated from. The item in question was an urn, already a bit spooky. The urn was placed on a large shelf within the museum. 
My mother was walking through the museum one day when the shelf, the large wooden shelf, was pushed over, falling with a thud behind her. Luckily, no artifacts or other items were harmed, but the urn was promptly given back. The final story is the most shaky because it was the experience of one of my mother's employees. The museum has this back room where things are stored, decorations for holiday events, items not on display, etc. The employee told me a story like this. She was working a shift in the museum when she was asked to retrieve something from the storage area. At first, nothing was too abnormal, but that's when the noise began. It was a clicking noise, like the way that you would call a cat, that sort of tongue clicking. The noise that made her bolt out of there and still gives everyone that she knows chills is what followed. It was a low cat noise, but not like a normal cat. Think of a middle-aged man imitating a cat. It came from right behind her with a low meowing sound. Not to mention other people have had run-ins with this cat man and their noises. But none were as close or as clear as this one. Again, this story could be questionable as far as the validity goes. It could have been a coworker messing with her. It could have been a real cat. One thing is for certain, though. Neither of those places were normal. I do hope that all the spirits there are resting in peace and I hope no one does anything to disturb them too much. We've since moved out of that town, and my mom no longer works there. I hope the current caretaker knows how to treat spirits with respect, like my mother did. At the beginning of 2020, I moved into an old farmhouse that was built 113 years ago. It's on an acre or so of land and has been remodeled many times over the past decade. I live with my husband Bradley, our three-year-old daughter, and my brother-in-law Aaron. From what our neighbors tell us, there was an old dairy farmer who lived in the house for quite some time until he passed away about 30 years ago. Let's call him Gary. Gary was very attached to his home and apparently still is. To jump right into it, Gary has made his presence known many times since we've been living here. The first person to see Gary was Aaron. We were doing a home inspection as we were in the process of purchasing it. Bradley and I were downstairs when we heard Aaron come running down the stairs making a big commotion. He runs up to us all wide-eyed and frantic, saying, I saw some dude's face in the bedroom window. We blew him off because we thought maybe a car drove past and it was just a reflection or something. He, not surprisingly, did not want to move into the house at this point. But a couple of weeks later, that's exactly what we all did. As we were moving boxes into our house... I glanced over to Aaron when I heard him walk by the door that leads into the garage. As soon as he passed the door, I saw a tall man walking in the garage past the door frame. I locked eyes with this figure for a couple seconds, 
and just kind of froze up. Bradley was at work and our daughter was asleep in her playpen. There was no reason for anybody else to be there. I walked up to the door to look out into the garage, but there was nobody there and nowhere else they could have gone. I figured maybe I was just imagining things and thought nothing of it. This next instance is when I realized Gary is definitely real and not just something Aaron was making up. A few days after the garage incident, while Bradley and I were both at work, I got a call from Aaron. He's as frantic as he was the first time he saw Gary and tells me with absolute certainty that he saw him again. He went on to explain that he was sitting on the couch and heard movement behind him. When he turned around, he saw a tall man standing at the entryway to our staircase, ten feet away from him. That's when I told him what I saw in the garage. He proceeded to describe Gary exactly as I had seen him too. A tall figure with shadowy features, slightly hunched over, and with something covering his head. Gary has never done anything bad, and he has never felt sinister or anything like that. Oftentimes, I can just feel his presence, like when somebody is standing directly behind you, inches away. It's a heavy feeling, and I know I'm not alone, but it's not necessarily scary. Aaron will often be lying in bed and see shadows move between his doorframe. He also said one time while brushing his teeth, he felt somebody grab and pull on his shoulder, only for him to turn around and see nothing. We suspect Gary fucks with Aaron because he's kind of this skittish, always on edge type of guy and he's probably just having some fun with him. Bradley, on the other hand, has never seen Gary and was always pretty skeptical. One night, he was giving a shit for believing in Gary and even started saying, Gary, or whoever you are, if you're real, show yourself to me, just kind of taunting him. But just a few moments later, he too became convinced we had a ghost living with us. I was in the shower and he was sitting on our bed when the cable to his phone charger suddenly leapt off the nightstand and whipped him in the chest. He stormed into the bathroom and yelled, Shelby, Shelby, then proceeded to tell me about what had just happened. My husband hasn't had any direct encounters with Gary since that incident, but Aaron and I continue to catch glimpses of his silhouette and see him walk by in the corners of our eyes. Recently, I was in the basement with Aaron, and he mentioned having not seen Gary in a while. Apparently, I wanted to stir up trouble because... I mockingly joked and said, yeah, that's because Gary's a little bitch. That's when we heard the TV upstairs in the living room turn on to its loudest setting. I ran up from the basement to turn it off and a minute later it turned back on and did the same thing. I unplugged it for a while, apologized to Gary, and thankfully it stopped after that. Moments later, however, I went upstairs into my bedroom to find all the drawers for my dresser were pulled all the way open. I was up there before going down to the basement where Aaron was, and I'm positive I did not do that myself. My dad came to visit us once we had the house all set up. I was in the living room and heard a loud stampede of footsteps. My dad ran downstairs a few seconds later and said, I just saw that ghost. 
I was in the hallway and saw him standing by Aaron's room. As soon as I started running at him, he walked into his room and then he was gone. My daughter has seen Gary once and sadly it wasn't a good experience for her, but I don't think Gary meant any harm by it. I was lying in bed with my husband when we suddenly heard her screaming bloody murder from the baby monitor. I turned to look at the monitor and she's curled up and shaking and started saying, go away, go away. I sprinted to her room as fast as I could and turned all the lights on. She was now sitting on the floor in the corner, still shaking and completely inconsolable. She was eventually able to tell me that she saw a man standing in front of her bed. I did my best to calm her down and brought her into our bedroom to sleep with us that night. A final piece of information that I think makes all this even more compelling. My sister likes to visit a spirit medium. On her most recent visit, she simply said to her medium, My sister thinks her house is haunted. Can you tell me anything about that? The medium went on to say that she saw an image of a lot of cows out in a pasture and the face of an old man who looked sad and confused. This makes sense as I had mentioned earlier, we live on a dairy farm which for decades belonged to an older man. We suspect he's not happy with all the developments going on around the property and just needs to find peace and let go. I've saged the house and assured him it's okay to move on. Gary, whenever you're ready to go, feel free to say goodbye. Just please stay out of my daughter's room. I've had plenty of paranormal experiences, including working in an adult store that was located in an old farmhouse, presumably still occupied by the original owner. I've also worked in a new age store where the wind chimes that we sold would inexplicably jangle loudly and glass items would randomly explode. None of them ever scared me, though. What did scare me was trying to clean out my sister's house in rural Indiana late one night in my early 20s. A little backstory on both the house and my sister. The house was located on a backcountry road and had exactly one neighbor nearby, a super kind pastor who owned her house and rented it out. The rest was farmland. It had originally been a duplex, then renovated and cleaned up, so the entire house was essentially in the shape of the letter C. You walk in at the bottom of the sea and then head through the kitchen, dining room, and up and around the hallway with three bedrooms. It was a weird closed-off layout, probably due to demolishing one wall to connect the original two units. My sister was doing the unofficial stepmom gig for her boyfriend and kids at the time, a baby girl and a four-year-old girl. The girls slept in the bedroom at the top of the C-shape, as far from the front door as you could get. Across the hall from them was a spare room, which had a bunch of junk that they had put in there when they moved in. They had yet to address it. My sister and her partner slept next to the girls in the first bedroom you encountered. 
I remember when the relationship was going well, my sister called me one time and told me she was really worried about the older of the girls. We'll call her Marie. The girl's mom had started seeing a new man shortly after my sister's family moved into the house with the kids. Marie would not sleep in her bedroom to the point that she would drag her blankets and sleep on the hard floor outside of my sister and her partner's room. When they'd try to put her back to bed, she would cry and scream about the man in her room. My sister was concerned that maybe something shady was going on with the new boyfriend to trigger these nightmares. Or perhaps it was just an overactive four-year-old's imagination in a new space. Marie never got comfortable sleeping in that room, though I would visit and sleep in there and honestly never noticed anything myself. Around the same time, my sister started having terrible sleep paralysis, where she would hear someone pacing outside her door in the hallway, back and forth, between the doorway and the girl's room. It didn't matter if she took a nap or slept all night, she would wake up unable to move and hear someone walking quickly, anxiously, back and forth. Other strange things would happen, like a lamp on a desk outside their bedroom that would turn on every night. but went unnoticed for quite a while, as everyone assumed that the other person was turning it on. Now onto the part that I experienced firsthand. Now I heard all of this stuff, but thought nothing about it. The old house in the country with lots of previous tenants, energies hang on, or the house settles, little kids say weird stuff, who knows. My sister was getting ready to move out, as the relationship had been deeply dysfunctional for a while. She said that she and her partner worked in bars at the time, and she asked me to come down from the city two hours away late one night to help her pack and move a few carloads of her stuff while she was away. As is typical for servers, her shift ran over, and I ended up arriving to her house before her. She had left the door unlocked for me and told me to go in and get comfortable. I arrived to a completely dark, completely empty house in the middle of nowhere. I entered and immediately began walking the length of the floor plan, turning on lights in every room. I didn't like that the door had been unlocked, and I definitely didn't want to sit in the only illuminated room in an empty house. When I got to the end of the C-shape, standing in the bright hallway, I had the girl's room to my left with the open door, and the storage room on the right, the door was closed. I left the door closed. I turned to flip the light on in that other room. And I just couldn't. I was overwhelmed with a sense of dread like I've never felt before. Everything inside me told me that I could not put my hand into that room and flip on that light. I was legitimately sick to my stomach at the thought of it. So I left the light off and I walked back to the kitchen. She arrived shortly after, around midnight, and we began cleaning the kitchen and pulling her dishes. The entire time, I'd catch flashes of yellow at knee height in my peripheral vision. We discussed it as we worked, and she told me that she thought she had seen a kid on that side of the house a few times, only to find nothing. Suddenly, I heard the loudest crash from the back bedrooms. I mean, loud. It's like 1am at this point, there are no pets, 
There's no one else in the home. It sounded like half the house had collapsed. We walked together, very scared at this point. We found nothing amiss until we got to the back storage room. I hadn't even opened the door when I had arrived. When we did, barely breathing, we found her boyfriend's golf clubs, which had been sitting in the same spot for the entire year of their lease, in an undisturbed room. They had inexplicably knocked themselves over. I told her at this point that I hadn't been able to go into that room across the hall when I arrived. The entire house that night felt gradually worse and worse, like we were not supposed to be there, or we were not supposed to be packing. I'm not sure which. We continued our duties, with odd sounds and sensations and peripheral sights, until 3 a.m. when we were again scared half to death by a knock at the door. It was her landlord. We'll call him Kenny. Kenny had seen lights on and needed the last month's rent that they were late on. I truly can't overemphasize how kind and patient this guy actually was. He stepped in and after discussing the money, I started pressing my sister to ask him about the house and if anything had ever happened there. He finally just came out and asked us what was going on. Then I asked if they had seen anything odd happen around the house. To our surprise, Kenny didn't look inquisitive or skeptical. He said, Oh no, I thought I had taken care of that. I walked through the house after we did that final renovation and envisioned splashing blood of Christ on the walls and trying to cleanse the place. Weird, but okay. He went on to tell us the recent history of the building. Apparently, when he purchased the house in its original duplex form, it was bought as is and had been used as a drug house. The floors of the left unit, the back and the bottom of the sea, where we had been seeing the yellow flashes, were covered with animal feces, needles, cigarettes, etc. The carpet was worn through and he said that it was a smell like nothing else. While he and his wife gutted the left unit, they'd rented out the right to a family of three, a mom, a dad, and a teenage daughter. I guess to make ends meet, the family had sublet one of the three rooms to an adult male friend. He had taken the room at the top of the sea that ended up being little Marie and her sister's room. Standing outside this bedroom, lights still off. Kenny told us about arriving home one day to find countless cop cars parked outside of the house. The man had apparently assaulted the teenage daughter. The dad found out, and the man killed himself in that bedroom. His stomach dropped. Marie had been sleeping, or not sleeping, rather, in a room where a pedophile had victimized a girl and then killed himself. After that, I guess they tore out the wall and renovated the entire house. Kenny assured us he cleansed the house again and left as my sister and I agreed that the house couldn't have felt more hostile than it did in that moment. We decided that we'd rather pack with her ex than deal with the sense of dread and disease. Neither of us are religious, 
but we didn't want anything to follow us home, and I had been doing some Googling earlier in the evening. So, we said a prayer in Jesus' name at the front door before walking out, asking for peace for the souls there and protection from whatever we had upset. I don't know if I'd make that decision today, but it was the best I could do at the time. As we opened the door to leave, we both tripped over the frame and nearly fell down the porch stairs. I turned to her and asked her if she felt that. She said, yeah. You were pushed too? Needless to say, I'm very, very glad that neither she nor those girls live there anymore. Back when I was 10 years old, I was at my grandmother's house, which was located on a couple acres of somewhat secluded land in Tennessee. My house was only about half a mile away from hers and even on the same dirt road. My younger sister and I were in our grandmother's living room watching television when we heard an incredibly loud bang coming from directly behind us, presumably in the same room. It was nearly deafening and scared the ever-living shit out of us. Immediately following the loud bang came a dull thud, as if somebody slammed a bowling ball onto the carpeted flooring. After exchanging mutual expressions of terror, we got up and raced out of the living room to go find our grandma. That's when we both paused and saw an uninvited guest of sorts. Standing on the front porch and peering at us through the screen door, was an old woman wearing a floral patterned dress. The dress looked kinda dated, like something you'd see worn by one of the Golden Girls. My sister and I both froze. We didn't necessarily feel threatened by this mysterious woman, but it was very out of the ordinary in that area for a random uninvited person to show up at your door. That sort of thing just didn't happen. Before we could say anything, the woman turned her head and walked towards a swinging bench on the patio, just a few feet away from the door. Our eyes tried following her through a large window, expecting to see her quickly reappear, but she didn't. My sister, who was nine at the time, ran up to the door and poked her head out. She looked left and right and, with a sound of curious desperation, cried out, Where did you go? I finally ran up and ushered her away, briefly looked around, and sure enough, there was no sign of the woman. The lot was pretty wide open and there was nowhere she could have tucked away to hide from us. Needless to say, we freaked out even more. Our grandma then came downstairs and angrily asked us what all the screaming was about, as she had assumed we had gotten into a fight. It took us a while to compose ourselves, since... It was at that point everything started to set in, with the realization that something was definitely not right. To my surprise, our grandma calmly nodded along to our story and even appeared to believe us. She seemed confused by the loud bang, but asked us many questions about the old woman we saw, including what she was wearing. When we told her she was wearing a dress, she asked us if it had flowers on it. 
This calmed us down a bit, as we probably assumed it was a friend of hers or something. When we told her yes, she just quietly nodded, forced a reassuring smile, and said, That was probably just Margaret. We asked who Margaret was, but she just kind of dismissed us at that point and gave some generic responses that I don't fully recall. Either way, we didn't think much of it at that point, but we never got an explanation for the loud bang. That is, until a few years later. I was around 14 by now. Somehow the topic of aliens and ghosts and the like came up in some discussion between my mom and aunt. My aunt had casually mentioned my grandma's haunted house, and I quickly intervened and was just like, wait, what? I looked at my mom for some sort of clarification, and judging by the look on her face, she realized they knew something that I didn't. To sum it up, my grandma had been seeing a ghost in her home for quite some time. My family is a bit traditional and superstitious, so they didn't want to fill my young mind with paranormal fears at such a young age. My mom also told me that it's rumored a woman killed her husband in that house with a shotgun. This would have occurred in the 70s or 80s in Sullivan County. Maybe you guys can find something. All I know is, my sister and I absolutely heard what we heard and saw what we saw. For my grandmother to see that same mysterious woman, and for my mom to mention that shotgun murder story, I wouldn't be surprised if we were momentarily returned to the scene of the crime, like getting caught up in some sort of paranormal time loop. was raised on horror. My mom and her two sisters loved watching horror movies and playing with Ouija boards growing up, so they passed on that love to their own children. Naturally, it made sense for my sister to want to celebrate her 30th birthday at the notorious Stanley Hotel. We decided to make a whole trip out of the event, and we invited my mother, her two sisters, two of my cousins, my two sisters, and their significant others all to make the trip. If you've ever been there, or you've ever seen Dumb and Dumber, the atmosphere is amazing. Little has been done to modify the original decor, and the place definitely has a grand yet eerie vibe. Since it's relatively secluded, we spent most of our time hanging out at the hotel, taking pictures and talking with a security guard about his experiences. Except for capturing a few orbs in some of the pictures we took, and some members of our crew thinking that they would see something around the corner or feel cold spots. Nothing remarkable happened that day. I was sharing a room with my two cousins. They had decided to turn in, and I stayed up for another hour at the bar chatting with my sister and her husband. When I finally made my way into the room, it was dark except for a small light in the bathroom. They took one bed and left me the other double all to myself. I got ready for bed as quietly as I could without turning on more lights, then got in bed. I noted that they had turned the ceiling fan in the room on, which was fine as the room was a little stuffy despite the cold chill outside. 
I laid down to shut my eyes and drift off to sleep. Have you ever had those dreams right when you're falling asleep? Where you experience the sensation of falling off a cliff or tripping or jerking yourself awake? This is the only way I can describe the type of near-waking dream that I had. I'm 99% sure I was dreaming, but I saw and felt a white, gauzy shape float above the bottom of my bed, all across my body and face, then continue through the wall behind the bed. The dream was so real. However, I let out a blood-curdling scream as the shape floated across me. Imagine the terror my cousins must have felt to be awakened by a scream at the Stanley Hotel. I told them what happened, but assured them that it was probably just a dream and that I was fine. I don't think any of us slept well after that. The next morning we rehashed the night and I rationalized the experience as a dream, brought on by the ceiling fan, likely blowing my hair across my face, as I slept, and a ramped up subconscious after a day of ghost hunting and watching The Shining on constant loop on one of the hotel's TV stations all day. Again, I'm 99% sure it was a dream as I shut my eyes, but I've never screamed out loud during a dream before, and I haven't since. My aunt shared my experience with the front desk, and the person there said that it was likely supernatural. One other note, my cousins heard voices in the room next to ours on the other side of the wall that the bed was against. But the next morning we noticed there were no guests in the room next to us. It was a storage area. Were there staff in there, that late at night? Or was my white floating visitor just passing by me to join his friends in the room next door? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week you have heard Creepy Catman by Fez. Gary the Ghost by Shelby. Rural Indiana Story by Kristen. Tennessee Murder by Tiffany. And finally, Crazy Dream at the Stanley Hotel by Christine. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. So a quick fun fact about two of these stories, Gary the Ghost and Tennessee Murder were shared with me in person by two of my co-workers. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I told one person about Odd Trails, and next thing I know, people are walking to my office and telling me their ghost stories, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. I wanted to keep a low profile, but uh, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, a big thanks to Shelby and Tiffany. But yeah, Andrew, that video chat we did for Patreon, that was a ton of fun. Yeah, we're doing these things called Odd Chats on our Patreon just for uh, some bonus content for the listeners. We know you guys like these outros, and we just kind of go to the max and just... It's basically just a free-form fun-for-all. But we get into some weird stuff, and we were actually talking about urban legends and weird things that we believed when we were kids. It was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a blast. And I remembered one the other day that I wanted to bring up in our chat... You know that whole Bloody Mary urban legend when you say her name like a certain amount of times in the mirror in the dark and she's supposed to appear? Yeah, she doesn't appear, but I mean, well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I was really scared of the story, but my cousins were visiting one weekend when we were all talking about it and they convinced me to be the one to try it out. 
Um, I tried it out too. That's how I know. I speak from experience, okay. but probably <laughs> stupid, like the Ouija board thing. But anyway, we're we're slowly learning here. Well, you're gonna don't tell me you tried it. Did yeah, you just gonna, try it? Yeah, you're going to find out why it didn't work when I was a kid. Uh, we were really dumb. We thought that the phrase was Hail Mary for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Football players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they got all mixed up in our heads. Uh, yeah. So I'm basically standing in the bathroom alone, repeating Hail Mary to myself in the mirror when my mom walks in. I bet she liked that. She was probably like walking by like, oh, sweet Andrew, he's praying right now at midnight. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. I, I can't remember what she said. Uh, she probably just told me to shut up and go back to bed. But yeah, it obviously didn't work. Um, but th- those are just so m- like, it's so much fun just being able to chat freely and, uh, you know, interact with the listeners and all their questions and things like that. So if you want to catch that first episode of odd chats and all the future bonus episodes, also ad free versions of all the podcasts at a higher bit rate, head over to patreon.com forward slash odd trails to join today. Yeah. What he said, we really do appreciate all of the support. I enjoy getting all the messages and interacting with you all. It's been so much fun. Um, I was going somewhere else with that, but I, I'm just going to cut it there. I, I think that sums it up. You get it. You get it. Uh, we love doing this show, and we couldn't do it without you, quite literally. Yeah, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll catch you all next time for a brand new episode of Odd Trails. Stay safe and peace out. <laughs> Stay safe. Oh, shit. I stole your line. <laughs> Whoopsie. Disturb you, darling.